Hello and welcome to the Be Health Curious podcast, where we talk all things bariatric surgery. I'm Robin, one of the founders of Health Curious, and today we're talking with Tabitha Johnson, aka the Berry Boss. She's a licensed therapist and counselor who had bariatric surgery herself and is now offering coaching to support others. As always, I will let her introduce herself. She's truly a source of great wisdom, so please enjoy. So my name is Tabitha Johnson, um, and by trade, I am a licensed marriage and family therapist and licensed clinical alcohol and drug counselor, and I'm also known as the Berry Boss. And so that name kind of came about almost four years ago. I had decided to launch Berry Boss as just a way of support for pre and post bariatric patients. I'm actually approaching my five-year surgery. January 13th, 2017 is the day that my life kind of started over. It's been an amazing journey. I've met so many beautiful people along the way, so I can totally get all into that, but that is who I am. Wow. I have already so many questions from that. Um, you said your life started over five years ago. Is yes. that how you would describe it? Can you elaborate a little bit more on that? Absolutely. So right before surgery, it was probably, I want to say like September, 2014, 2015, I was in a car accident and um, ended up injuring my back, my L5 S1. And so at that point I was put on a bunch of opioids and I was supposed to have back surgery and I had struggled with my weight most of my adult life. So for me, it was always like, okay, I'm going to gain 50, but I know I can lose 50 if I just go and run or work out or whatever. But after the accident, when I attempted to work out, I was constantly in pain. So the weight just kind of kept piling on and piling on. And so at the time I was doing a lot of home visits for therapy and sitting on people's floors and driving all over Las Vegas to different homes. And I just remember being in so much pain and it was miserable. And I met with a back surgeon and he was like, you know, you're too young to have back surgery. It's not a guarantee that it's going to fix everything. So I'd run into a friend who had just had weight loss surgery and she's like, you know, you should just get a consult. So I called up Blossom Bariatrics and they approved me for the surgery and I kind of postponed it because they were going to let me do it that November um, 2016. And I was like, eh, you know, let me, let me enjoy my holiday one more time. Mm -hmm. So when I had the surgery, it was crazy because I don't think I recognized how depressed I had been prior to. And so oh. when I talk about my life starting over, like I've dealt with chronic depression most of my life, but right around that point is really when I was struggling um, I can kind of picture myself mentally just sort of schlepping along, you know, getting into the car. I wasn't able to lift my daughter at the time. She was three um, just because of the intense back pain. So I just remember mm. thinking, you know, I just, I can't live like this. You know, I was in my late thirties and I, I just knew something had to change. So honestly, within the first three to six months post-op, I was able to get off all the pain meds, the back pain subsided, I was moving and grooving, I could get on the floor with my kids, and it just really became a new life very different wow. than I was used to. That's so interesting that it was kind of between doing something about your back versus yes. bariatric surgery. I think it's just such a testament to how everything in our body is so connected. Absolutely. You have a very unique story that you just shared. You also work with a lot of your clients who have gone through their own bariatric journey. Are there any themes that you see come up kind of mirrored from your own experience and their experience? Oh, absolutely. So I think, you know, one of the biggest ones is the relationship with food and how we mm. navigate that 
post-op. I know the first, I want to say the first 90 days when I kind of had a moment with a coworker at the time, I was really frustrated. And normally my go-to with any emotion was food. So I just remember feeling like, oh, I really want to eat something, you know? And of course the things that I wanted to eat were not on plan at that point, just being so close post-op. So I just got in the car and I drove and I just drove around and kind of calmed down. And so I work with clients to kind of understand, you know, we have to look at food differently. Um, we can still enjoy food, absolutely, but it cannot be our end-all be-all. For many of us, that's kind of mm. what it was before surgery. So That's so interesting that you said you got in the car and drove. Was that something you just decided in that moment? Yeah, was it was. Gonna... I, I felt like I needed some kind of a release. And I mm. just, I, mm. I can still picture myself in the living room that day. And I was just like, oh, so frustrated. And I'm typically a very even keeled person. So I don't, you know, I don't get explosive or anything like that. But I just knew in that moment, okay, I really mm. want some kind of fried food or some, you know, greasy or whatever. And so I just drove. I put on my music. And I was able to take some breaths. Um, some other themes that I noticed that are some big ones is boundaries, um, setting boundaries mm. with family and friends post-op. And how do we answer some of those questions? You know, you're, you're getting too skinny or you need to stop losing weight or just all of those things that, you know, our, our loving family and friends like to, to kind mm -hmm. of throw at us post-op. And also, you know, that sabotage. Sometimes we have those self-sabotaging moments in how do we, how do we set ourselves up for success? and, you know, not go to some of those old behaviors that we're used to using as coping mechanisms. That's so interesting because a lot of these themes seem like they would also overlap with your background in family and marriage therapy and alcohol and drug counseling. When you were going through your own surgery journey, did you feel like you were drawing upon those experiences at all? Yeah, actually, it's funny. I talk about this story a little bit. So I post-op started sort of becoming fascinated with pajamas. It was the weirdest thing. I was constantly like, if I went to Target, I would just grab a pair of pajamas. And I was always looking for the softest material. Mm. And one of my friends was like, yeah, Tab, you're looking for comfort. And I was like, wow, I hadn't even connected, you know, because I had sort of stopped using my drug of choice, which was food. And now I was looking for another way to feel good. And so I ended up probably with about 15, 20 pairs of pajamas. And I was like, okay, wow. I don't really need all of these. Um, so once I recognized that I needed to figure out a way to soothe myself, it became to be a lot more healthier. Um, and so doing things like deep breathing. Um, recently, I've joined a ballet class. So just things to calm my system. And so I get to recognize that in my clients. And sometimes, you know, I might be working with somebody who's dealing with some trauma and, you know, I'm not licensed in many states. I'm licensed in Nevada as a therapist, as well as Arizona. So when I'm working with clients outside of those two states, I can then draw on my experience and refer them to someone licensed in their area. So they can kind of do that deeper work mm. on the trauma. So the deeper work with patients that you might see through Barry Boss. Um, and realizing there's another layer there. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, sometimes we may recognize that there is an active addiction. And so we kind of, you know, ask some questions and talk about, you know, what does that support system look like? Have you ever been in therapy? And I do a lot of those kinds of questions initially, just because I want to make sure that the client is, is really ready for coaching. Um, sometimes I have clients who are in therapy alongside with me doing coaching. So there's a little bit of overlap in the two services, but um, again, wanting to be very mindful of, I am only licensed in these two states. 
So anything beyond that would be outside of my scope of practice. So I always mm-hmm. want to make sure that I'm yeah. following those those yeah. ethical guidelines. So you say that you want to make sure your clients are also ready to be coached. How can yes. someone know if they're at that place? Oh, that's such a great question. And it, it's a little bit of a an individualized process. You know, I, I look for is a person in the midst of a drastic life change, like a career change, or they're in the middle of a divorce, or, you know, they just had some major news about their medical history. Sometimes I may say, hey, let's, let's table this, you know, let's give it 30 to 90 days, kind of want to see you plugged in with some, you know, mental health professionals, or, you know, handle these legal pieces, just because you really want to be in the right mindset to receive coaching. It's a very active and dynamic process. And I also want to make sure that we're tending to the most important need at the time. That's great. I think that's not actually talked about enough. (laughs) So personally, how do you stay motivated to keep showing up for your health day in and day out? I can imagine you give a lot of your energy to helping coach and motivate other people. How do you do that for yourself? Uh, Another great question. So, you know, recently I... I actually had a a brother pass away in August Mm -hmm. of colon cancer. He was 47 and I'm 43. So this, this last, you know, three, four months has really kind of kicked up my Mm -hmm. motivation towards, you know, health just outside of weight loss, but just health in general. Um, And so I recently had a colonoscopy. I've been, you know, meeting with all of my doctors, getting all of those things in order. I just received a a positive bill of health. So that was good. Um, And so for me to stay motivated, I do actually check in a lot with my friends. Like we have a, a group chat where we're just texting each other. Hey, I'm going to the gym this morning. I'm going to hit this class. Do you want to join? Or we just say, I'm going to the gym. I'll text you when I finish. And for me, that's just a way of keeping myself accountable. I don't like to ever say that I'm going to do something unless I can back it up. Mm. So, um, and then also recently too, with my clients, as I'm throwing out maybe a fitness challenge or movement challenge for the week, I typically will join in. So it's like, Hey, we're going to add one more day of movement this week. And so we'll text each other when we complete whatever the activity is. So for me, it's really creating a support system. Um, And whether that's, you know, with my own personal trainer, I hired a trainer a few months ago. So I'm constantly letting her know, you know, when I've made it to the gym or did an extra workout. But for me, that's the most helpful is just having accountability. Yes. That's the theme that comes up time and time again through these conversations is people are key. Another thing that I've heard you talk about in the past that I love so much is the importance of celebrating non-scale victories. Can you tell us a bit more about that, maybe for people who are new to the concept? Absolutely. So, you know, a non-scale victory is basically something that it can be big or small that we are excited about celebrating that has nothing to do with the scale. Mm -hmm. And I know for myself, I was super addicted to the scale, sometimes weighing myself three, four, five times a day. You know, I'm thinking, okay, that one Dorito or the one whatever, you know, is going to tip me over. Um, And so a non-scale victory could look like I was able to buy something off the rack. You know, I used to be a size 22 in women's and now I'm a size four. So when I finally was able to not shop in the plus size section, for me, that was a non-scale victory. I know a lot of us get excited when we can finally wrap the towel around our bodies, like, you know, fully. So there's no gaps. We can, we can enjoy that towel and that feeling of 
feeling covered. That's another non-scale victory. And so it's just teaching people the awareness around, you know, leave the scale be. What would it look like if I measure success differently? You know, and it's not necessarily tied to a specific number on the scale, but more how my clothes fit, or I was able to go to Disneyland and walk around with my kids all day and keep up with everybody. Um, so those just little life celebrations that I think we should all be excited to enjoy. I love that so much. <laughs> what is something you wish more people knew about the bariatric surgery journey? You know, I think that it's so much more than just the weight loss. Those people who've never had the surgery don't necessarily understand so much of this as a mental process. And so the little comments that we might receive can really kind of set us back emotionally. Um, if we're not prepared with our boundaries, if we're not, you know, doing the inner work that we need to kind of create a little bit of thicker skin because we are going to receive information from society, whether we want mm -hmm. to or not. Um, so for instance, I, I know a a lot of us talk about just the treatment that we get when we weigh less. So I get, you know, doors open for me now and, oh, miss, can I help you with that? And can I pick this up for you? And when I was 230 pounds, that's not the treatment I typically received. Um, and so just understanding that this is a lifelong journey for us and, you know, all of us are in different places. So some of us might be a little bit more sensitive to comments than others. And so just being mindful of this process that we're a part of, that it's so much more than just weight loss. Yeah, I'm really glad you touched upon this because it's not just negative comments, it's positive comments, any right. sort of feedback that can really influence how you understand yourself in the relation yes. to others. Do you have any advice that you would give specifically friends and family on how they can be the most supportive? I think, um, you know, for those folks that are open about their surgery with friends and family, for, for those friends and family members to even just ask, you know, mm. how can I be of support? You know, everybody's going to want things a little bit differently. So I know for myself, I kind of just ask, you know, could we not talk about my weight? <laughs> You know, like mm -hmm. I have certain family members that just love to comment like, oh, you know, you're looking a little too thin or, oh, wow, you finally gotten some shape. And so sometimes that can be a little frustrating. So I think even just personalizing it and asking the person who's had surgery, what would be most helpful for you? Now for the person that's not been open about their surgery to friends and family, it's a little bit trickier just because, you know, family is going to be concerned when they see this rapid weight loss. Um, and so that person just kind of needs to decide how do you want to set those boundaries with family and friends and they can communicate whatever that looks like. So if it's, mm -hmm. um, you know, sometimes I'll role play with clients because, you know, they'll say, what do I say when people comment on my weight and I don't want to talk about the surgery. And we just talk about, well, thank you so much. I've been making really good choices lately. You know, just mm. some pat phrases that could be said to sort of, you know, shut down further commentary. But again, each person's got to decide how they want that to look. And so I think for family and friends to just be understanding, supportive, and to find out what would be most helpful for their loved one. Kind of related to that, what has been the most surprising thing about your personal journey so far? Wow, there's so many things. Um, I think the most surprising has been almost my ability to really reinvent myself in some ways. So kind of similar to talking about how my life started over, just 
finding new things that I'm excited about personally has been pretty amazing. Like I used to dance as a kid um, for about four years and, you know, deciding one day to pick up and do an adult ballet class was kind of, you know, I'm very awkward. Like I, I'm kind of clumsy. So for me doing oh. ballet has been amazing just because I'm getting to watch myself become a little bit more graceful. Oh, but, you know, I was, yeah. I was sharing the other day, like I was actually excited to go to the gym, which has never been a thing for me. Like I've worked out in the past and it always kind of felt like, okay, I have to do this. But now, you know, when my trainer puts in the different um, workouts that she's got for me, when she puts them into the app, I get super excited to, you know, watch the videos and understand the movements. And then I'm like, okay, I know I can do this. And so I get to the gym and I'm excited and I'm like, wow. This is crazy at 43 to look forward to working out. That's just not something I used to be. The other thing that's been really surprising is just this amazing community that we've been forming um, online. So in various Facebook groups, on Instagram, just the support that we're giving one another post-op and pre-op as well. Um, and finding out like, wow, there's a lot of us out there that are on this journey. And especially during the pandemic, being able to cheer each other on and say, wow, great job. You went and worked out today, or you just hit a non-scale victory. Um, and so even when my brother passed and just being able to wake up and look at somebody's video that they just went and worked out. And it was inspiring to me to say, okay, Tab, you need to get up and move. So that's been something that I just wasn't expecting, you know, mm. to have that type of community with people I've never met. So yeah. You know. Is there any specific part that has been really challenging? So the social media thing can be great yeah. and it can also be a little bit of a thorn, the comparison trap. You know, I think when I, I know initially in my journey post-op, I was constantly comparing myself like, oh, this person had surgery at the same time as me and they've lost more weight and how come I'm not and what am I doing wrong? And so just, you know, being aware that social media can create some of those comparison traps. And so I've had to really dig deep and work on my own mindset and to not fall into that trap and to really just be able to celebrate with others versus putting myself down and expecting more from myself than what I think I should be doing or whatever. Yeah, that's so true. I wanted to ask earlier, how did you come up with the name Berry Boss? I love it so much. <laughs> okay, so the funny thing is, it's kind of like coming to America. So we had my husband and I, we were sitting in the living room, we we're coming up with names and my initial name was Berry Best and it was already taken. And so we were, we were trying to figure out well, what if I spell it differently and you know, all this stuff. And so he was cracking up because he's like, okay, you sound like you're on coming to America with the golden arches and all that. So Berry Boss to me just felt sort of like empowering. Yes, you know, that's the, the word I was going to use. Yeah, like just, you know, for me, I always felt like I was a slave to food. And so becoming a boss of my own body and my own mindset, I just felt like that was that was it. I, I loved those two words together. Um, and so I got it trademarked and did all the legal things. And, you know, while I was setting up the business and it was so amazing because I had approached Blossom Bariatrics where I had surgery. They are amazing, by the way. And I just said, hey, you know, I'm starting this business. I would love to be able to do a blog post on your site. And that actually bloomed into a beautiful partnership. And so it's been fun because Blossom Bariatrics with the two Bs, very boss, like it was just mm -hmm. sort of this beautiful little marriage. So it's, it's been fun. It feels like a very empowering name. Great choice. What's Thank been you. the most rewarding part 
of your work as Barry Boss? Oh, wow. I'm probably going to cry a little bit. So there was a client of mine recently. She's like, there's no crying in Barry Boss, <laughs> but we always cry. I'm not going to lie. So it has been so beautiful to watch people change their lives. Like I have a client that I recently worked with who was, she would never go to the beach. She, she was like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to wear a bathing suit. She just texted me a couple of days ago. She's in a tropical location in a bathing suit and she's just glowing. And I get these, these texts periodically from clients and they'll show me like, Tad, look, I'm doing this. Or, you know, I applied for this job or I just ran my first 5k, like getting to be a small part of someone's success story and planting seeds has been so encouraging for me because I don't think I realized how much I gained from working with people than, you know, just doing sort of my own thing, ho-hum on my own. I've really felt like I've been able to grow more as a human post-op and take off sort of the coach hat and just be a person. And that's been amazing. Like in the therapy world, there's very strict boundaries that we have to adhere to. So we don't mm. get to be as personal in, mm. in that setting. And so with coaching, it's a little bit more fluid. And so we get to share in those successes with each other. And I think that's honestly been the most beautiful process thus far. So that's amazing. That gave me goosebumps. As a coach myself, I, I know exactly what you mean, just feeling like you've been a little bit part of someone's complete life transformation. And I love that. Where can people find more information on Barry Boss? Yes. So my website is barryboss.com. On Instagram, I am at the real Barry Boss. And on Facebook, I am at the Barry Boss. I am super excited. So this this last um, few months, I've kind of taken a leap of faith, left a corporate position that was very nicely paid, <laughs> and I'm jumping into this. So um, I've been really excited, and I've been receiving some really good feedback and doing podcasts like this. Robin has been amazing, just kind of getting my story out and just letting the community know that I'm here as a resource. Even if people don't want to work with me, I'm totally happy to refer folks to other resources resources out there in the community. I just am excited to be a part. Well, the world is lucky to have you full-time, I guess you could say. To finish off, I feel like we've already covered so many beautiful things, but what are a few practical tips that you would like all patients to know? Oh man, there's so many. I, I think the biggest thing is support really find the support that works for you, whether that's a support group online, whether that's your surgery center, um, working with a dietitian, nutritionist, therapist, coach, just finding support. Um, I think when we try to do this on our own, we easily can backslide into those old habits. So having, you know, some kind of accountability is definitely key. And also I think staying in the present and just being excited about what did you accomplish today? That was something that maybe you couldn't have done before. Like just last week we did a, a Christmas activity and we were looking, my daughter and I were on this like scavenger hunt looking for these reindeer and she's running all over the place. She's eight. And I was running through the, the park and I'm like, wow, like this would not have happened five years ago. Like I would have been winded, frustrated. I want to go home. This is crap, <laughs> you know? So just staying presently focused um, and being excited about what you accomplished that day. Amazing. And then maybe just picking one thing that you want to focus on. If that's spirituality, which is a whole nother episode, we could get into that. If that's your fitness movement, 
goals. If that's, I just want to get my water in today, like picking just one thing small to work on. Yeah. So outside of doing one-on-one coaching with folks, I do offer the Berry Boss Academy, which is something I created early on in the pandemic. It's basically a condensed version of my 12-week program. And so clients can kind of re-watch videos and it just gives them practical tips on, you know, what to use and how to stay focused. I'm planning on doing some group coaching this year in, in 2022. So just kind of look out for that. But other than that, I just appreciate you listening. Great. Thank you for sharing that. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to hear more content like this, please consider subscribing to the Be Health Curious podcast so you don't miss a beat. Thank you for listening. Stay positive, stay healthy, and we'll see you next time.